0: I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. All right, friend, we have a huge juicy topic to crack into today. We are going to unravel our relationship with alcohol. I do want to give you a disclaimer. I am not someone who is completely against people drinking alcohol. I am not here to... Personally, challenge your own relationship with alcohol. That's not my job. But I do always intend to bring up hard conversations. I do intend to always be transparent, share the behind the scenes of my own life with you. Because what I've learned, if anything, over the past three years now is that we need to be more honest. Is that when you say out loud the things that no one seems to want to say out loud? That people benefit because someone needs to hear you put words to something that's really difficult. Someone needs to hear that they aren't alone in what you may be experiencing. And that's always my intention on this podcast. So, alcohol is a completely controversial topic. Some people choose not to drink at all. Some people drink a lot. Some people identify as alcoholics. Some people have a complicated relationship with alcohol. It is a very normalized substance that is readily used by a huge portion of the population. We're talking 60 to 70% of American adults. And for all my nurses listening, our numbers are even more staggering. So it's an estimated 83% of nurses and other healthcare workers that choose to drink alcohol. And this definitely checks out for my own experience as a nurse. It wasn't uncommon for... Us all to go out for a drink after shifts, whether that was eight o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock at night. Uh, alcohol was sort of part of the camaraderie of being a nurse, and that was how we spent time together. That was how we vented. That's how we blew off steam after shifts. So I've been putting off this episode for a little bit because navigating the discussion of alcohol and its impact on the body, our relationship to it, choosing to drink or not to drink. Is kind of like walking on eggshells because you just can't make everyone happy because it's controversial. It can be very polarizing. So I'm just going to tell you my own story. I'm going to be extremely honest with my own experience. I'm going to share some information about how alcohol works in the body, how it can impact our health, and I'm going to let you decide how you feel about it. So take all of this with a grain of salt, uh, but I'm not going to continue to disclaimerize, that's not a word, but we're going to make it one, (laughs) this episode because it makes it way too choppy. I am here just to give you a different perspective. I'm here to be extremely honest and transparent, know that this episode is not an easy one to create, but I knew that it was extremely important for me to create, even if it was just for me, but I know that it's not. I know that someone out there, maybe you, needs to hear this message right now. So my relationship with alcohol really started in, I think it was my second year of college. So growing up and into my teenage years, I, was, I had no interest. I think I had drank a little bit when I was like 13 or 14, like all of my friends were doing it. And so I tried some liquor and it was disgusting and I had no interest. So I didn't drink at all. And as I approached like my second year of college or even just going into college, I started to get a lot of pressure of family members friends people being like you're weird that you don't drink why don't you drink try this try this try this everyone had me try a bunch of different kinds of alcohols in search of what I would actually like because once I found what I liked apparently then I would it was like a gateway and I would then like all alcohol which, thinking back, is extraordinarily wild to me. This idea that I was, it was weird and unacceptable that I didn't want to drink. I just kind of wonder if no one around me tried to push me, whether I would have ever started drinking at all, because maybe I would have just never found the interest. But at a certain point, I discovered Moscato wine. I'm talking barefoot, like $8 Moscato wine, which is basically juice. And <laughs> I could drink it because it tasted like juice. And that was kind of what started my journey with alcohol. I was always drinking Moscato at the beginning. And then I started playing with other types of wine. And then it was like mixed drinks, right? You get all these fruity things and that's what's what tastes good. And so I started to enter a phase where I was drinking in college. And what I found as an extremely introverted person, especially during this period of my life, I was in a very crippling phase of social anxiety where I didn't, I barely wanted to leave my dorm. I didn't have very many friends. I was isolating a lot. Suddenly, I found the antidote for my social anxiety and introvertedness. Uh, I could drink, and suddenly I was an extrovert. Suddenly I was social. Suddenly I was comfortable. There was no more anxiety. And you can imagine how enticing, but also how toxic and dangerous that could be for someone who was struggling so much in social situations and felt so alone. I found something that made me fun. I found something that gave me friendships and bonds, That my like annoying, miserable, downer, bummer of a self in my normal day to day life could never achieve. But either way, at this point, my drinking is extremely normal. I'm in college, I'm going to parties, I'm making friends, we're going to bars. Like I'm drinking the normal social amount, and that's about it. I 100% did have nights where I drank way too much. I remember, unfortunately, a New Year's where I was just dipping my toe into drinking alcohol, and I chose to drink an entire bottle of the Moscato Barefoot Wine all to myself. And as you can imagine, that's like literally a sugar bomb. And I had my first experience getting sick, and that was freaking miserable and embarrassing. And as someone who really struggles with feelings of like shame and guilt and embarrassment, like embarrassment is one of my most dreaded emotions... I really struggle with any of those alcohol related stories where I'm ashamed of my own behavior or the fact that I, quote unquote, like lost control. Right. So I'm going through college. We graduate. Um, Our lives are hard trying to find jobs. I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm working like three jobs at a time and our bills are still behind. We're getting threatened to like have our cable turned off and our electricity turned off and our phones and all these things. And it's extremely stressful time period as we transitioned out of college. I was in a position where I was kind of the one supporting both my boyfriend and I. We had to move back into my mother's basement for a short period of time, which was uh, also not super fun. And alcohol became like the normal thing. Like I'd come home from multiple jobs <laughs> working all day and I drink wine. And that was like my nightcap, right? I had a long day and I had a drink to relax. And that became an extremely normal pattern. As I evolved as well, I found even more that my relationship with alcohol was what made me cool. (laughs) It's what made me accepted. I used it as a tool. I think I trained myself, honestly, to slowly start to like the drinks that I thought were cooler than the other drinks. I uh, growing up up until I would say the past few years I kind of have sprinted in the other direction of any level of fe- femininity that I possess I've always wanted to be more tough and stronger I would rather hang out with the boys I want to fit in with the guys like I want to that's what I've always strived for and so in my relationship with alcohol I I essentially taught myself to like uh, strong beer, so like IPAs and high percentage alcohol beers, uh, whiskey and bourbon, Shots, malt liquor, crappy beer, 40s, like (laughs) I have taught myself to enjoy alcohol that dudes typically do. And I I think I did this to a certain level to fit in with them. I didn't want to be the girly girl who had to have a mixed drink or the girl who had to have the sweet tasting cocktail or whatever. For some reason, I felt the need to train myself in that way. And as a general skill, I'm telling you, it, it served me well uh, as I transitioned into adulthood because I could like hang out with the guys a little bit more. And I think part of this, as I've gotten to know myself a little bit more, I've dug into my own crap a little bit more, I think part of it is when you're hanging out with a group of guys you're typically not digging into your feelings or emotions or anything all that deep. Not to discount any dudes. I know that there are guys out there that have really deep and powerful conversations for sure. But in general, I feel like in a circle of of women, typically the questions and the conversations are based around their relationships and what they're passionate about and what's going on at home and their life decisions and their feelings. And I was not interested in being part of those conversations because I didn't want to deal with that side of myself. I didn't want to talk about my feelings. I didn't want to talk about who I was or any sort of depth in self-discovery or anything else. I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to avoid my own feelings. And the best place that I found to do that was in a group of guys who are just together drinking some beer And maybe I'm like super weird to say that at all, but I feel like I can't be the only one who kind of ran away from who they were at their core just to create some surface level friendships that felt a lot safer than going deep into... Their emotions or their feelings or their past experiences or anything else. So, fast forward, and alcohol has just become something that's like a regular part of my life throughout my period of time when I was nursing. It was threaded into nursing culture. The extremely common thing was that you just spent your entire shift drinking a bunch of caffeine and then you drank alcohol after your stretch of three shifts to like celebrate and like blow off steam throughout the pandemic. As a new grad nurse, uh, I think in some ways alcohol probably became a coping skill just because it was so incredibly uh, stressful and painful, even though I don't think I acknowledged it at the time, to be a new grad COVID ICU nurse and just, I knew that the ICU would come with death, but the amount of body bags and the amount of iPads I held up of loved ones saying goodbye, the amount of people on ventilators for months or more, like it was a lot. And I also just noticed like the best way that I could get to know my coworkers at a deeper level and be like friends was if they invited me over to a party or if they invited me to breakfast with drinks after shifts and I would go and that's how I really got to know them. So once more, another way that alcohol was a tool. So here's the deal. I could go through every single moment of my entire life and and I don't need to, but it's been over the past few months I've started to get really curious about what my life would look like without alcohol. And it's definitely after a number of experiences where I drink too much, where I didn't remember things that I wanted to remember, where I said something stupid or did something embarrassing, or I just couldn't remember enough. So I worried that I did something embarrassing, got that anxiety. Uh, the number of like hangovers or just not feeling great, like you don't have to drink a crap ton to get a hangover, even like one drink nowadays will just change how I feel in the morning doesn't mean that I have a hangover; it means that I just feel foggy, that I just feel a little more sluggish, like I just feel not a hundred percent, and it just got really freaking old when we were in Denver. There was one occasion where we went out had a great night. We were drinking a bunch and I lost my wallet. I lost my wallet, left it at some bar and felt extraordinarily embarrassed. Those things hit me a lot harder. And I think that that's probably evident of my relationship with alcohol. Like the fact that those incidences bother me so much was a red flag already because it was just not good for my mental health. How much shame and guilt I carried just because I did silly things like leave my wallet behind somewhere. I just felt so stupid and and irresponsible and immature because I couldn't keep track of basic things. I really beat myself up about those types of things. But I lost my wallet in Denver. The next day, I, I didn't even want to go back. I get to that point too where I'm like, no, I lost my wallet. I'm not even going to try. My husband went back to the bar and they had it. Like Somebody turned it in. They had my wallet. No big deal. Bought an Air, uh, Apple AirTag after that so that I wouldn't lose it again, or I could at least find it. And then fast forward to this, not this past Friday, but the Friday before, uh, May 19th. So it was the weekend of my birthday. We spent the day working at a, at a cafe, which is lovely. And then there are lots of happy hours here in Bozeman where it's like $3 martinis, like super cheap, uh, especially in a place where a lot of things can be expensive. So we were like, oh, we finished up. We're already downtown. Let's go to some of these happy hours. Drank a few martinis, and then it's like, let's go somewhere else. And now we're bouncing around to a bunch of different bars. We've got more people coming to hang out with us. becomes this big thing. I'm definitely drinking more than I had ever intended when the night began. Um, And we're getting to another bar. We're walking in, and I realize I don't have my wallet. (laughs) I can't get into this bar. And cue the frustration, cue the shame, cue the guilt, cue the anger with myself. Eventually, again, we had this Apple AirTag, so I found my wallet because in Bozeman, everyone's so nice. Like, I don't know. Nobody takes anything. It's crazy. But I am so angry with myself. I'm so ashamed. I'm like, I'm getting an Uber. Order the Uber, sit in the Uber, drive home, get home, kind of intoxicated, walk the dog, do all the things, basically on the verge of tears the entire time. I spend the night like crying because I just feel like a horrible person over something so simple. Wake up in the morning, realize I left my wallet in the Uber. <laughs> Can't make this up. Uh, I the Again, it's Bozeman. So the lady was so nice. She brought me my wallet. It was not a big deal, but it felt like a huge deal. And it, for the first time in a really long time, it hit me that I just, I didn't want this to be part of my life anymore. I started to wonder, seriously wonder, what life could look like if I didn't drink at all. Because I had tried all sorts of things. Like I did 75 hard, did not drink for those 75 days. I did sober October. I did dry Januarys. I did whole 30, did all the things like without an issue. But each time it just felt like checking a box and then going right back to where I started because alcohol was it's so normal it's so hard not to because you go somewhere and everyone's drinking you go to the family barbecue you hang out with friends for a happy hour somebody invites you to a brunch you're going over to a friend's house for a housewarming and there's just alcohol all the time and so just to be social just to fit in it's it's so easy just to go right back to wherever you were before you ever did said challenge. So none of those challenges actually changed any part of my relationship to alcohol. If anything, each time I did those, I was like, this is stupid. I'm annoyed, but I'm going to prove this to myself that I cannot drink for 75 days or whatever. And then maybe all my relationship will be different and I won't drink as much like whatever, but that never happened because my motivation was flawed And this is true for honestly any goal, right? If you are trying to lose weight, if you're trying to get in shape, if you have a career goal, whatever, if you don't attach to a deeper motivation, if you hang on to some surface level BS motivation, you're never going to get there. You're never going to follow through because it's not strong enough. So you need to have a strong motivation. You need a strong why. And sometimes it just takes time. And for me, it's taken this amount of time. The other big difference is that I'm coming at this from a place of curiosity. I just started to wonder. Yes, after the evening where I lost my wallet twice somehow and retrieved it, I definitely carried some negativity, some judgment. I was angry at myself. But once I recovered from those feelings, I just started to explore. What could it look like? Are there other people who are exploring what sober life looks like even though they don't identify as alcoholics because there's shame and stigma associated with that too and I don't identify as an alcoholic this is actually really hard to talk about to be honest because I know that there are some people listening right now who will likely judge from like my perspective my relationship with alcohol you might say to yourself yeah you have a problem or whatever And that's just never how I've identified. It's never how I felt. And part of it's because of how our society normalizes alcohol and the consumption of it. In a lot of ways, it's scarier to think about not drinking because of the backlash that you are likely to experience from the people around you. And I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I am afraid sometimes. I'm scared to tell some people because I worry that they're not going to want to hang out with me anymore or they're going to judge me or they're going to feel like I'm personally attacking their relationship with alcohol, that I'm judging them because I'm choosing not to drink, which, again, the last thing I want. Because I'm not over here thinking that everyone should stop drinking. I don't think that that needs to be the case. I do have a lot of relationships that up until this point, have revolved around drinking. Like The only way that we hang out is when there's alcohol involved. And that doesn't mean that it's not a real friendship. It just means that that has been our normal activity for a long period of time. And so it's hard to come into a relationship like that one and say, just kidding, I'm not doing this anymore. It, again, reminds me of when you go on some sort of health and fitness journey that the people around you just don't understand because you used to be the friend that would go out for drinks and nachos and quesadillas and fast food with them. Like you used to be that friend. And when you make a change in your own life, sometimes the people around you don't understand and that can feel really scary and lonely. It's also just a really hard subject to bring up because it's kind of awkward. It's kind of like, hey, by the way, (laughs) I've decided not to drink anymore. And then it becomes, oh, do you have a problem? Or my favorite, oh, you must be pregnant. That actually is one of my most feared um, interactions, because it makes me really upset it makes me really angry and i get asked that question a fair amount as a 30 something like it's constant like when are you getting pregnant when are you guys having kids why aren't you pregnant whatever and so the moment i'm going to tell my family for example that hey i've decided to not drink they're going to assume that i am pregnant and that is really frustrating for me because i'm not and i think it's just absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous that the moment a female identifying person does not drink anymore or chooses not to drink, the automatic assumption is that she must be pregnant. Like I feel like I, I can't help but think that that shows a level of toxicity of our relationship with alcohol in society at large. The fact that it's so strange that somebody would choose to not drink or stop drinking that the only logical explanation must be that they can't drink because they're pregnant and it would harm their unborn child. Like that's the only reason anyone would stop drinking. Like how backwards is that logical I got this enough just when I did 75 hard, that challenge alone. I told people, no, I'm not pregnant. And people wouldn't, they didn't actually believe me until I finally started drinking again. And then it was clear. Like, it was so outrageous. And I, that one's actually really, really hard for me and really, really scary going into this period of time where I'm going to actually have to tell people this because it's it's a confusing conversation. And I 100% realize that I don't have to broadcast this to everyone, even though I'm choosing to do a podcast. The reason that I'm choosing to do this podcast is because I know if I've learned anything, like I said, in three years of doing this, it's that the things that you don't want to talk about, the things that feel the scariest to put out into the world are the things that you got to say because someone needs to hear you say it. Someone needs to hear that they're not alone. Like if you are listening right now and any of this has resonated with you, I'm telling you, you are not alone in this and that you are not going to ever get judged from my end of the table. So if you feel like you can't talk to anyone else, come talk to me. I will never judge you. I'm also not going to assume you're pregnant because it's extraordinarily inappropriate to assume anybody's pregnant because we don't understand people's lives and what's going on behind closed doors. So long story short, I have made the decision not to drink. I have not set any period of time. I think that Oftentimes that come backfire when we set rules. Um, I've learned that if anything from diet culture and my own relationship with food and exercise and such, if I set hard, rigid rules, my mind likes to rebel. So I don't have any rules or specific dates or anything in mind about how long I'm going to choose not to drink. My vision at this point is to never go back. Like I have zero interest at all, and I got I got to tell you, like it's wild to be, but. I have essentially not drank anything since May 20th, which is (laughs) just 10 days, Um, but the way that my life has changed, my feelings have changed, and how I have gotten to know myself has changed in this short period of time is absolutely wild. I started to explore like programs for like the sober curious um, that were extremely intriguing. Like I wish that I could do all of these things, but uh, cost wise, it just didn't make sense. So I decided to kind of create my own version of some of these programs that offer different types of support, so that you're not just like focusing solely on not drinking alcohol. It's so much deeper and so much more. So. I have a bunch of practices that I've put into place where I'm actually learning so much about myself. I'm facing things that I've avoided for years, like hard conversations are no longer coddled with alcohol. Like, instead of alcohol being a coping mechanism at the end of a long day, not an option anymore. So I have to explore new ones. And I'm so excited about that privilege. I'm so excited about the idea of exploring these things for the first time I essentially have built this network (laughs) for that that gives me like a structured plan over the next like 12 weeks and then beyond where I have like books picked out I have like journal prompts I've got workbooks I've got all sorts of things that are not really about alcohol at all some of the books are but the other things are not it's simply just like hey who am I without alcohol in my life at all And again, it's not as though my life revolved around alcohol. It's that it's so woven into our lives because it's so normalized by society and everyone around us that when you take that thread away, when you take out the thread of alcohol, there's lots of holes left behind that you have to fill, that you have to figure out, like, how do I navigate social situations if I'm choosing not to drink, especially for someone like me who is an introvert? That used to be how I dealt with being an introvert in a very big, large gathering in a social setting. And now I have to face the idea of how long do I want to stay at this party? Um, what boundaries do I have? Do I just say no and not go all together? Uh, what am I going to do to entertain myself <laughs> in a in a place like this? How am I going to open up? I'm going to have to set goals and challenges for myself to build deeper relationships in those settings than I ever did because instead I I had relied on a crutch of alcohol that just made it fun and I never had to go deep. The other thing that I absolutely love about The book that I'm reading right now and just some of the resources that I've chosen to dig into is that they're reframing what it means to choose not to drink alcohol, to choose to be sober. Because if you look at the definition of sober, while the first definition is just to abstain from alcohol, some of the other definitions are things like make or become more serious, sensible, or solemn. It all sounds depressing. It all sounds like it's no fun at all. And I think that's how a lot of us think of living without alcohol, of choosing not to drink, of being sober in a world obsessed with alcohol. We assume that it means that we're going to have no fun. We assume that it means we're going to be bored, that we're going to miss out, that our life is going to be less. When in reality, making this choice can actually amplify your experience of life. And over 10 days, it's been a short amount of time, but I honestly have felt more in tune and present and alive than I have in a really long time. And that's why I love this book that I'm reading, because it focuses on the beautiful aspects of living a life without alcohol instead of all the depressing parts, of st- instead of all the sacrifice and letting go and, you know, surrendering. Like, that's not the vibe of this book. It's called The Sober Lush. The subtitle is A Hedonist Guide to Living a Decadent, Adventurous, Soulful Life Alcohol-Free. And that's truly what this book is. It's written by Two writers. So it's just so romantic the way they write it. And they truly, the entire book feels like a love letter to life, but a love letter to life without alcohol. They tell their own stories of how they reached the point that they did, where they chose to stop drinking. And then they kind of share how their life has changed and the experiences that they've had. and And they just give you a whole other perspective on what it can mean to choose not to drink. And it's honestly made me so excited about the entire process because, like I said, I've explored hobbies and ideas and parts of myself that I never have because there was no reason to. It's just given me so much more space than I ever thought I even had. I seem to have more time and energy and money (laughs) to devote to things that I care about, and it's been the coolest process. And I know it's really early in um, this experience, but once again, I I just felt this pull to share with you all because I had this feeling that somebody needed to hear my story because maybe they needed to tell theirs too. So I'm just really excited and I can't help but want to share everything that I can with you guys because you feel like a family, um, each and every one of you in so many ways just coming here week after week. I've been doing this for almost three years now, and it, it feels like longer, but the relationships that I've built from, from this podcast and the people that, I've, that reached, have reached out to me, that I've gotten to know, that I've gotten to meet in person, have been incredibly impactful. And so it feels wrong not to share things with you guys. Um, and so I obviously couldn't help but share with you all basically immediately. You'll definitely hear more about this if you're following on Instagram. If you're not, I would love to see you over there. Um, My handle is at Ashley O Show. And I'll be sharing more about that over there, and it's something that I am happy to bring into one-on-one coaching as well for those who feel that that would be a great support for them. So if that's you, that's an aspect that we can a 1,000% dive into in a one-on-one coaching space where we can build out a plan for not only your health and your fitness and your mental health, but we can build out a plan on changing your relationship with alcohol. And that does not have to mean that you give it up altogether or choose like a sober life like I am. But it may mean that we figure out different ways for you to evolve that relationship or uh, take a break or whatever else feels right for you. We can build out a plan that feels right for you. So thank you guys so much for spending this time, for hearing me out and keeping an open mind for your support as well. Please know that this these types of episodes are never <laughs> super comfortable or easy when you are sharing vulnerable aspects of yourself in real time not just like after the fact it's uh it can be a bumpy road and it can feel extremely uncomfortable and very raw so thanks for sharing the space with me if you have any feedback or if you are in a similar situation i would absolutely love to hear from you so that i know that i'm not alone too i love you i am rooting for you and you're doing amazing things Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley O Show so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.